0: go for two, and MLB Tidbits. Let's get it, baby.
1: Welcome in to episode number 98 of the Berliana Sports Podcast on this fine Wednesday, January 18th. Pretty swell climate in at least the Northeast right now. What's say you, JD? I know, I know we're not a weather channel show. We're not trying to be, <laughs> but it was almost 50 degrees today, so it's kind of unheard of for our area in, in January.
0: Yeah, I guess if uh, our podcast career goes sideways, at least you have a, a job as a meteorologist going forward, so I guess I should figure out my, what my backup plan is. No backup, baby. We're making this happen, but uh, no, I agree. I agree. It's been a nice day overall here. Episode 98 two before that big triple oh and you want else the Cowboys should go for two you know why (laughs) oh
1: we can uh we definitely are gonna visit that topic I mean could someone off the street have done better I I truly believe on an extra point basis I think someone could in that stadium come on
0: what's your point there because Maher couldn't make it
1: (laughs) that's that's what I'm saying man I mean extra points we're talking about not 50 yard field goals here
0: Anyway, yeah, man. Uh, Cowboys, Bucks. Cowboys absolutely thumping the Buccaneers, thirty-one to fourteen. So Maher going one for five sounds like uh, a poor, poor outing on the baseball diamond for for a slugger, not as someone kicking field goals or extra points for an NFL team. Either way, they uh, definitely had a bit of a difficulty there getting him out of that that bad headspace he was in. Uh, I was reading an article that said he had the yippies, which is when. An athlete is so psyched up, psyched out that, it, that mentally that it, it messes with their ability to, to do their job, essentially. So the poor guy missed his three first half extra points, which tied the record set in 1960. Um, And then misses missed the fourth consecutive one then mm-hmm. in the second half. Like I said, ultimately it didn't matter. Cowboys thumping the bucks. Absolutely awesome. I never thought I'd sing the Cowboys praises so much, but... Holla, brother. <laughs> is this the end of Tom Brady, my guy? We got plenty of stats. I got plenty of stats because I like my stats. But is this the end of Tom Brady? We're going to try to keep it down here with the Brady Bastion. We're going to be as unbiased as possible here for all the listeners. So if you're a Cowboys fan and you've stuck with us somehow, uh, you're going to enjoy this show because we're going to be singing some Cowboy praises. If you're an Eagles fan you hate us for this, tune in Friday because we got all the good stuff on the Eagles Friday.
1: In my heart of hearts, I don't think he's done when he ret- when he announced his retirement before the season, I literally said to to a close friend at the time, I said, this is not the end of Tom Brady. And sure enough, it wasn't. I'm not going to believe it until where it's week 10 and we haven't seen Tom Brady on the football field. It, <laughs> it could be week four or five. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to come out and save one of these teams from utter embarrassment and at least make him a contender. And I believe it. Unfortunately for Brady. Not his best performance by any stretch in this one. Uh, I mean, he was underthrowing people. I don't know, man. It, it looked like it, uh, I'm not going to say father Father Time caught up to him because with the right team, with the right receiving core, and you know, just in the right situation, he could he could go to a Super Bowl. I, I really don't even doubt that. But this game, though, uh, the Buccaneers. No, I don't think he comes back to the Bucks. I think that's the last time you see him in those the white and red and i don't even know what color helmet they have some <laughs> brown i don't even, i don't know but whatever but uh yeah i don't think you see him in t- in tampa bay uh anymore tampa bay days are done
0: no tom but- brady in tampa bay
1: put a put a <laughs> fork in it. put put a fork in it the, the cowboys definitely sunk that stupid ship uh that the that the buccaneers have in that stadium all credit to the cowboys man Dak Played one of the best games I've probably ever seen him play. I mean, that's how good the Cowboys can be. You just have so many weapons. I mean, Dalton Schultz of all people—not nothing to take away from him—but you can make a case for a standout stud type of deal in that performance. So, I mean, I mean Pollard had a good day, had a good day on the ground. He's a he's a great running back, man. Like I, Zeke is, in my opinion, washed up at this point. But Pollard is is as good as as a lot of backs in this league, and. Yeah, Tampa Bay didn't have any answers. I, I thought at halftime they still had a shot just because it is it is Tom Tampa Bay, uh Tom Brady, whatever. But <laughs> uh yeah, just way too much from the Cowboys on the road in those jerseys that you know, everybody said if they were wearing those jerseys they wouldn't win. And uh I mean they defied all all the outsiders uh opinions as far as why they would lose this game. And I mean credit credit is where credit's due, but now you gotta go play uh Big insert blank uh Brock uh next week. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see, we'll see how much them bo- the, the boys have, or, you know, we'll see. Uh What do you think? Do you think Tom Brady's done? Uh You said put a
0: fork in it and I, and I'm not going to cut this party short, but I think they should cut the party short down, down in Tampa Bay. And I, and I think he's gone from Tampa as well. He almost tipped his hand in the press conference. He was talking about, You know, it's been a good run type thing in this city, you know, blah, blah, (laughs) blah, and whatnot. So I think he's out of Tampa. To your point, in the perfect situation, he could win a Super Bowl. Yeah, so did Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning was washed up. Now, I know this is a little different. You look at Brady's statistics, he's coming off such an incredible statistical season, quote unquote. But when it comes down to it, what do stats matter if you don't have results? You know, like Justin Herbert had a great year. Look what happened there. Trevor Lawrence came back, you know, and when we'll talk about the coaching changes and, And I want to say San Diego again because that's how it is when I was growing up. But in Los Angeles, we'll talk about some of those coaching changes here. But, yeah, I I don't think that Brady's done done. I'd like to see him done done. I don't think he's going to be out in San Francisco like a lot of people are thinking, uh, especially if the the Niners win the Super Bowl this year. I can't imagine they would go out and overpay for a guy who's a fan type draw you know what I mean like if you need a quarterback who's going to bring in the fans that's Brady he's the greatest to ever do it and somewhere like Las Vegas where they need a quarterback you got Devontae Adams Josh McDaniels that just makes a lot more sense I don't think he's going to San Fran I can't imagine that that they would bring him there imagine winning a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy and going oh sorry we're gonna put you know eight and nine as a starter Tom Brady in at our quarterback now who's like 50 years old you know like I just can't see that happening so respect to him for an amazing career uh, he'll probably be in the league next year. I hope he stinks it up next year, so he can just get out of the league. You know, dude, you're you're headed toward fifty. You know, go be a dad to your kids. Go, um, <laughs> go find yourself a, a wife that you'll actually love and care for in the way a oh. man is supposed to care for. Oh, his wife. My. you know, I intended this show to be I, a non Brady Bastion show. Like, I, I can't help it. I can't help it, man. I can't respect the guy. But um,
1: I've held restraint this far, and of, of, of all people. I think J.D. is very uh, well-mannered 99% (laughs) of the time. This is that 1% uh, that's coming out to play tonight. I mean, you're going in on the guy. I have no no problem with it, to be honest with you. Zero problems with it.
0: Now we'll throw out some stats here, and to Brady's credit. I mean, um, and you know how this works with, as soon as they mention on TV, it's bound to happen. Brady had an NFL record 407. When they mentioned it, 407 straight passes in the red zone without an interception going back to – Uh, 2019 when he was with the Pats and three, you know, three passes later, what happens naturally gets picked off in the end zone by, by J. Ron curse, thus ending an absolutely insane streak. It really just does speak to the greatness of Tom Brady as a football player. Absolutely incredible accuracy Um, being able to go down and throw that many passes is just absolutely absurd, especially considering the fact that you can't, you know, in that red zone, you can't have a deep, deep throw, you know, so it's a lot more stuff in front of you. I feel like, in a lot of ways, it's easier for for defensive backs to get interceptions. Um, aside from those, like fifty fifty, chuck them up fifty yard pass balls. You know that's an incredible stat. So respect to him for that. You know he was seven and zero against the Cowboys. It's impressive to beat any team. You know seven times um, without losing. So now he's seven to one when it mattered most here this season. Compared to who Tom Brady used to be, he's washed up.
1: I don't know, man. To me, I think it's it's almost like the Aaron Rodgers effect on Green Bay. I think. The team is just worn. I think Tampa Bay was worn down. Honestly, I do. In that game, you, I, I think people are mentally checking out. I think, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm sure Tom Brady's, uh, just arrogance and him being an absolute asshole at times. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it, it's just too much for people, man. Like, I, him screaming at his O lineman, him yelling at receiver. I mean, I, I think these guys after, I, I just. I look at Mike Evans as a perfect example. It just looks like he's, like, sick and tired of it. Like, they're not having any fun anymore. Like, this this Buccaneers team has no fun. It's just serious business all the time. It reminds me of New England almost, how the culture is just, like, discipline, 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 no fun, execute. Like, it, I think Brady has turned the Bucs into that and like when you when you saw the bucks winning they had Gronk I think Gronk, losing Gronk was a big loss uh, for that entire team take some of the morale away like Gronk's a very easy going funny guy doesn't really uh, take life so seriously like Brady I guess uh, you could say and it, it just seems like that the team is exhausted Um and you saw that in that game I mean Brady with a new, a new team coming in year one. I mean, I would say look out to be honest with you. Cause I still think his accuracy, his arm strength is still damn near what it, what it always was. Uh, But I see why you, why you say he's, he's running out of gas. I mean, if he gets hit enough, uh, he definitely will uh, not, no pun intended, but he'll be like thrown out of this league. Cause I mean, at some point he's going to break into a million pieces out there. I mean, <laughs> You can't be 50 years old playing the quarterback position with, with, you know, these guys on the other side, but I don't know, man. I, I think with a new start, I could see, I could see the, the Raiders, but I will, I'll raise you the, uh, the dolphins as well. Um, I think obviously I, I just to, I, I don't no Nothing to take away from him. He had his moments, but I don't think he's a franchise guy and I don't think he's your guy, you know, for years to come. That's just my brutal, honest opinion. Uh, if you insert, Tom Brady with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill and Gazeki and the running game. Honestly, as much as I don't like Tom Brady, I would love to see him go to the Dolphins and beat the Patriots twice in one in one season. Uh not not do that much after that, but that would be the ultimate troll job to Belichick because he's now in the division and it would just be hilarious. But I, I think Raiders, Dolphins, I can't really think of another landing spot. At this particular moment, but uh, I went. I'm not counting. I'm not counting yes. the 49ers out. Yeah, I don't think he goes there. I don't. <laughs> no, I think I don't think so. But um, the 49ers, I. It it really depends. I think. I think if the 49ers would come out and lose to the Cowboys, I would not rule him out of going there. Uh, just depending on what how they want to take that, uh, from the organization standpoint. But uh, it'll be interesting, man. I, I I pray he would just retire and just go away. But he's never. <laughs> he'll be he'll be 65 probably you know backing up somebody in the league for all I know so
0: Brady will never be a backup that's the thing Brady's a <laughs> starter he's always going to be a starter some team will give him a chance until he decides he's going to completely walk away I know he was linked to Miami but Giselle was down there I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for him to to be around his kids maybe he does retire <laughs> and can make something work you know with her I just I hate seeing marriages fall apart in general especially when it when it it comes down and obviously there's, it takes two to tango. There's there's mistakes on both sides, I'm sure. But with football being one of the biggest things to break them up, it just really gets under my skin. So I'd like to see him, you know, go down there for maybe play a season, you know, hang out with your kids, whether he makes it work with Giselle or not, it's irrelevant. Just be a good father, man, honestly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Brady, but I want to get back to the Cowboys a little bit with what you said about Dak playing one of his greatest games. Um, He's the first Dallas quarterback to have five total touchdowns in a playoff game, so that's just incredible, right there. You think about it; he had four in the air, you know, one on the ground on a sneak. So five, five TDs. He didn't throw any interceptions. I think he was like twenty-five or thirty-three or something like that. Just incredible accuracy. You know, Tom threw the ball sixty-six times, and you know they they barely scored anything. You got Dak was extremely. Extremely accurate, yeah, 75.8% completion percentage, 305 yards. He only took one sack, you know, quarterback rating a 143.3. Just an absolutely stud performance. And, I and you know, Michael Parsons showed up, too. You know, he balled out with two pass deflections and a sack. His presence was felt all game. Uh, on Monday's show, that was the two things that, that we mentioned, you know, because we recorded the show before the game. It's, the Cowboys were going to win that game. Dak had to play clean football, and Michael Parsons and the, the Dallas pass rush had to show up. Check and check, big Cowboys victory. Like you said, that that game really just showcases how dangerous the Cowboys can be. And if they bring that level of play into San Francisco, I would not be surprised to see the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. I really would not at all be surprised because they played extremely well. They have to have aside from some Ma- from uh, Money Mauer, Money Mauer, Mauer, Brett Mauer. I don't remember how to pronounce his name. Besides does, from does M doesn't
1: matter, doesn't matter anyway. <laughs>
0: But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was 50 for 53 on the year for PATs and then misses four out of five there. So, I hope he kind of gets his head on, on straight a bit and, and is able to calm down and play well in the next game. I mean, what, what did Dak say there after he missed one of those one of those extra points? Man? Is it Dak was a rate on the sidelines. But I forget what the quote was, though. Do you remember what he said?
1: No, I'll say this first, though. Um, if the guy's already having a bad night, like – for for Dak to make a comment like this, it's not going to inspire confidence. I'll say that. So <laughs> it, I get it. I understand that he's frustrated. But, I mean, Dak, Dak comes over to the bench, slams his helmet down. He's like, why don't we just fucking go for two? So, <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I totally get it. But it, it it's not like they were losing by – you know, it's not like it was a close game or they were losing. So if I'm Dak, I'm like, all right, man, get him next time. All right, man, get him next time. Maybe after the third time, he probably was like, you know what, this guy is just – uh, atrocious tonight I don't know what's up with him but yeah I mean I've seen clips of of Troy Aikman absolutely giving people hell on that Cowboys sideline back in the day so maybe he was trying to take one out of his book that that was uh yeah I feel uh, genuinely I you know being a I guess a decent human being even even though he's a Cowboy even if he was uh ah, never mind but Uh, if he was was Tom Brady, I wouldn't feel bad for him. He's already accomplished too much, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, I feel bad for him, man. Like just your only job is to kick. And then when you can't do the only job that you have on on the football field, it's pretty, pretty self, uh, self-defeating out there. Like that's just, that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, one thing I will mention too is like you, you talked about Micah Parsons, um, Cowboys always have a good linebacker core. It seems like, and that, that latent Vander Esch, I mean, he mm-hmm. he has a lot of injury concerns all the time. He has that like almost like a plate inserted in his back to keep his neck, uh, you know, in check. Plagued by the injury bug a good bit, but God, when he's next, healthy, when he's on that field, dude, he is the real deal. Like I remember them having uh, former Penn State player Sean Lee for so long, great great linebacker, uh, great instincts, and Vander Esch is same same type of player. It seems like they don't miss a beat. They insert Vander Esch and. Yeah, that they they really do draft well. I mean, say what you want about you know the Cowboys and things, but they they're one of the best drafting organizations uh, in football. I, I'd make them at least top five, maybe maybe in top three. They just they know how to draft and they know how to produce players.
0: Ooh, that's a lot of praise. It's a lot of praise there, Aaron has for, for Dallas. This might be the this might be the nicest show for Cowboys fans listen listen to ever for from the Brilliana sports podcast so I
1: don't make sure like you them, send <laughs> I don't I don't like the Cowboys but I can give them I can give them credit they're they're a legit they're a legit team I will give them credit on that okay
0: yeah we'll see if they ball out in San Francisco um this was their first road playoff win since 1992 snapping an eight game streak so if they can win a second one on the road they're doing things that haven't been done in 30 plus years so it's pretty crazy to think about, even before I was born. <laughs> so, <laughs> just to date myself a little bit, but we're still young fellers. We're still young fellers. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just just respect for what what Dallas did out there on the football field. It doesn't matter how good the the Buccaneers were throughout the season, or how bad they were throughout the season. You know, like I said, the last show, it's, your record means nothing when you step onto that football field. It's zero zero for sixty minutes after that, and whoever whoever wins the game, they're one to know, and then moving on to the next one. So. Tom Brady ending with a disappointment there and probably the end of his Bucs career. The The Cowboys moving on. So we'll see what happens in San Fran. I am excited to see how they play against the Niners. Do want to bring another man. It's such a, such a bummer. We, I feel like we have to bring these, these things to, to people's attention on a regular basis. Russell Gage uh, and the end of that fourth quarter after the game was pretty much decided. There's like two, two minutes and some change left. he, took a hit and they had to take him off on a, like a stretcher, like backboard type thing. He tried to stand up, wasn't able to ended up staying overnight in the hospital. He diagnosed with concussion and a neck injury. They were monitoring, monitoring him overnight. So I'm not sure what the, the update is on him, but, but definitely another scary moment uh, on the football field. Just just seeing that stretcher come out and all the players around him, just really, really a terrible thing. You know, anytime a guy goes down, it's tough, but especially at the end of a game, at the end of a season, it's like, man, you're already getting a crushing playoff loss, and to see one of your brothers just to be just taken off the field like that just just makes things even worse. I, I can't imagine the, the pain that that was going through those those players' minds. So, what, what did you, what did you think? Did you see that hit? I, I didn't see the hit. I, I was actually editing Monday's show and I had the, <laughs> the TV on mute and I looked up and I just see all these people in the field around like a stretcher and my first thought was, oh my God, like not again. Like what would the heck happen? You know, did you see what happened?
1: I did see obviously the the players and um, both sides. When when you see both sides out there on the field, that's, that's when it's usually uh, a pretty scary sight. I don't remember the hit being all that vicious uh, in all honesty. Yeah, but obviously him being carted off Never a good thing. Thankfully, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, you can't, you shouldn't compare situations. I understand that. Um, But he kind of, it was a pass over the middle. And then he just kind of like got crossed up and, and like banged. I think he banged his head. I mean, I'm watching it back right now uh, for for reference here, but um, yeah, I just didn't remember that well, because I saw it real quick. And then they, all of a sudden, I know that all the, the players from both sides are on the field. So it wasn't anything real crazy. I mean, it didn't look like a, a heart type of deal. Basically, the the Cowboys' defender's arm came across his face uh, or across, mm. it and jarred his neck pretty good. But thank thank goodness, like I said, I I don't want to compare situations, but thank goodness it wasn't like a Atamari handling like a heart condition. I mean, you know, like I said, any type of injury is is unfortunate, and especially like you said. I mean, you you articulated that very well. I mean, it's it's thirty one to six at that point it's like, man, for somebody to get hurt, even like, you know, banged up sucks in that moment because you're, I mean, if you're the Bucks, it's over uh, your season's over. You're down 31 to six. There's nothing really to, to play for at that point. I mean, pride. Yes. It wasn't like he was going up for the, the game winning touchdown and you know, it, it, the circumstances really suck. So, you know, you don't want to see it. And, and uh yeah, I mean, football is a violent sport, man. Like everybody that watches it knows that you, you, I've heard Heinz Ward. I've heard different players say you're, you're one play away from coming off, you know, never playing again. You're one play away from a devastating injury. So unfortunately, uh, yeah, just another scary incident and, and another player being carted off the field.
0: Yeah, definitely. Hopefully throughout the off season, he's able to make a full recovery and able to come back and play. If concussions are scary things. That's for darn sure. Then you had a neck injury on top of it. So Thoughts and prayers definitely with Gage and, and the rest of the 49ers. I'm sorry, the rest of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, as well. I don't know why I said 49ers. Probably because I was thinking about the 49ers-Cowboys game coming up. So, yeah, thoughts and prayers with the 49ers if they lose to the Cowboys as well. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I wanted to mention one more thing about Brady, man. For an older fellow, bro, he's still pretty spry. But I think I know where Mac Jones learned how to to slide upwards and kick. Did you see Brady on that interception? Did you see him come in with that soccer kick?
1: I got I got to give my man, (laughs) uh, JD, my, my man, JD, my man, my man, uh, Pat McAfee, some credit too. uh, just cause JD passed this along to me. I I did not see this live. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) Pat McAfee articulated it very well when he said he should have got a red card and that's not a good (laughs) look for him. Uh, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, Talk about once a Patriot, always a Patriot and always a dirty, once a dirty bastard, always a dirty bastard. I mean, that there's no Ooh. reason, there's no Ooh. reason to do that.
0: <laughs> that's hard, I, man. That's harsh, bro.
1: That's a, that's a harsh one. Okay. I know. All right. I, I know, but here's the thing. Like you could, I'm not saying you could end a career like that, but you could do some damage to somebody like doing that. And that's not a football play, man. That's a, that's a football play. That's not a football yeah. play. So I don't know. You know, it, it's just like, come on, man. Like, this is what I mean by Tom Brady being a nozzle. Like I, he, <laughs> he has to do something to to irritate me or or JD or both of us. But what what do you think? I mean that you, you can't like that. You can't can't promote that type of behavior.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any excuse for it. It doesn't matter how frustrated you are, and especially for a guy who has carried himself well over the years in the NFL. Uh, and I've maybe he's done that in the past, and I've never seen it. I don't he I don't has. think he has. So has he? he?
1: He's done. Oh, really? He's done the high leg kick that Mac Jones has done to almost not uh, hit somebody in there. Uh...
0: Oh, okay. Well, just another reason not to like Brady. But anyway, <laughs> this show, we'll stop talking and bashing on the guy. Best <laughs> of luck. Best of luck in retirement, old old man, and um, go spend some time in Miami with the kids. We'll move right along to another another two fellas that have now time to go to Miami and, and relax if they'd like. The <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers fired their offensive coordinator and their QB coach that was just mentioned yesterday. And, you know, we talked in nauseam about how we thought Brandon Staley should go. I mentioned how the whole, the whole coaching staff should just go bye-bye. So I didn't get my wish, but yeah, an offensive coordinator and the QB coach uh, were fired. So I don't know, man. I I think they are the scapegoats In, in this case. I know that, you know, the play call wasn't the best, you know, in that second half. And maybe that's all in the offensive coordinator, but I feel like Staley should have at least had something to do with it. But I guess we'll find out. I mean, I like Justin Herbert's talent is, you know, almost over the moon and I like Lawrence better than Herbert, but his talent is, is there for sure. So I hope for the sake of him and long suffering chargers fans that they can get someone in there to, to maximize that talent window that they have at quarterback before, before it starts to get a bit late with all the crazy high, uh, salaries that they're going to have to start paying, you know, as they get off their rookie deals and whatnot. So what do you think? Did Staley get off easy? Were those two fellows the scapegoat? Should they have canned Staley? Does he get another shot? I mean, what do you think, man?
1: You got to look at it like this. I mean, they scored 27 points. Brandon, Brandon Staley is uh, considered by some as a defensive guru. I mean, I, I'd like those people to be evaluated because, How's he a defensive guru when you're up 27 nothing and then your defense gives up, you know, what 30? I don't even know. 31. He, 31. Yeah. So come on, man. Like, how does Brandon Staley still have a job? I, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I would not be cool with it if, if this was the Philadelphia Eagles and that happened. And, and let's just say for argument's sake, Sirianni's a defensive coach. I'd be like, dude, what? I mean, what's your explanation for this? Like, you were, you, you guys were all over. The Jaguars in the first half, and then in the second half, you can't, you don't know if you're lefts from your rights. I mean, it's it's that simple. So, um yeah, I think Stanley uh, got off very, very lucky. He he had a miscue on the timeout at the end of the game too. I I just think he's, I don't know, man. He he's not the guy. He's not he's not gonna win a ring. I don't. I think he'll be the reason they lose crucial games uh, unless he really. Does a one eighty? But we very rarely see that uh, from a head coach. I mean, here's the thing about Joe Lombardi. Obviously related to uh, Super Bowl champion Vince Lombardi. I don't know how you fire that guy. I mean, th- the last name should keep keep that guy. Like he should never be fired. You know what I mean? With that pedigree, but nah, you no. Know.
0: <laughs> I heard someone say that they can't even get a Lombardi that way. The <laughs> <laughs> Chargers will never have a Lombardi. Oh, man. This is, yeah, it made me laugh.
1: Speaking of that, though, I mean, and it, like you touched on the, the whole kids thing. I mean, Joe Lombardi and his wife, Molly, have seven kids, so – Hey, I yeah. mean, maybe it's good time to be maybe it's time to be a dad and not uh not a pitchfork poor coach. How about that? I
0: don't <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> I give coaches a little bit more a little <laughs> a little bit more slack than, than players. You know, they're not risking their bodies out there every day and uh whatnot. But you know, yeah. All right, well we're gonna stop we're gonna stop uh, harping <laughs> on people and their, their parental moves right here. But good good for them with their seven kids. That, that's awesome. I hope they're happy. Go have a nice vacation and you know, think about about your next step in life. I'm sure they will probably have uh, other opportunities around the league. But going from one defensive-minded head coach to a Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator, uh, Jim Schwartz, who Eagles fans remember from the 2017 season, uh, he was just hired as the D.C. for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, despite having the talent – well, let's put it this way. The Browns, despite Miles Garrett, had an awful defense. You think Schwartz turns it around there?
1: Uh, I think they get better. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say they're going to be a top five. Uh, I don't want to go out and make a crazy uh, outlandish take on this, on this subject, but I like think the,
0: like the Cowboys have a top three draft class. That's a bit outlandish.
1: Uh, I mean, we we can agree to disagree, but uh,
0: they draft well. I'll give you that. They, they draft well.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I think Jim Schwartz is a solid, solid defensive coordinator. Um, Just a few years back, man, Cleveland was was a pretty good defensive team. Like, I'm thinking back to when, you know, Baker took them to the fourth quarter with just a minute or two left against the Chiefs, obviously with with Castle – or not Castle. uh, Damn, I can't remember his name. Obviously, Mahomes was injured. Yeah, anyways, uh, that defense held up pretty pretty good back then. That was just a few years back. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a a Cleveland Browns fan or – a As Jim in the van or fan in the van would say, uh, Cleveland's going to Cleveland regardless. So they very well could Cleveland uh, once again, no matter who they have and and what personnel they have. But I do, I do like my guy, Jim Schwartz. I think he'll do a better than average job there.
0: From one AFC North coach to another, the Pittsburgh Steelers are keeping Matt Canada. I'd be curious to see what Jim from fan in the van thinks about this. I'm sure if you tune into his Steel Talk show, he'll have plenty to say. But Aaron, what do you think about this decision here?
1: <laughs> Goodness, man! I mean, some of these coaches—I I don't know—I don't know if they have—he's in cahoots with the ownership or what. But I mean, there's been so many times this year that they've had receivers running, and, I, and maybe it's the players too. I'm not going to blame it. Like you said, the the coaches call the play. You know, they strategically uh, make the plays. But like, if the players aren't executing the play, it might make the coach look bad. I get—I understand that. Uh, multiple times this year if you watch the Steelers like some of their receivers will literally run into each other or they'll both run to the same exact spot now is that coaching is that players is that a mix of both I'm I'm gonna say it's a mix of both I can't let them off the hook completely you know what I mean so here's here's how I'll put it I don't think Matt Canada is making Kenny Pickett any better Um, I think he's holding it back uh, in all honesty I think they need some type of just more creativity and, and just a better offensive mind. Uh I, I don't think he's the guy. And and I say that all the time, but I really don't think he's the guy. I don't he's had a million different jobs. Um, so a track record of uh being at it. he was in college for quite some time. He was Pittsburgh's offensive coordinator in sixteen. Then he went to LSU, then he went to Maryland for a year, uh, then he came back to the Steelers and he's been at the Steelers. But he's been northern Illinois Indiana, Northern Illinois, NC State, Pitt, LSU. Like he doesn't stay anywhere. So is End that ball a ball coach? Right. Is that a, is that a sign that no one wants him, or is that like he just hops jobs? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out next year. We'll see if Pickett takes a huge step in his next year, or you know, if they stay around the same. I, I believe Pickett has plenty of talent. So I think I feel like Matt canda's job is on the line going into next year at least, if. They need to make sure that they step it up. First of all, getting an offensive line, which isn't on Canada, but if they can get picking an offensive line and he doesn't take a huge leap forward as a second year player, then that's probably on the offensive coach for sure. Offensive coordinator needs to go. So Uh, speaking of a offensive guru and just a, a well-loved coach in general, unless of course you, you look back to the targeting days with Sean Payton, um, I remember that season. When I first heard about that. I was like, oh, that's that's absolutely terrible. That's savage, but absolutely terrible." But in general, like he's well thought of around the NFL. Uh, it's interesting how p- people just kind of forget about that. I wonder why that is. Maybe because of his his success. Oh, but isn't that messed isn't that messed up though? Think about it though. Like if you think about Sean Payton, was the first thing you think of? He's an amazing coach. He gets a lot out of good players. He has a Super Bowl pedigree. He's won the Super Bowl. He's he's led a team that had so many titles down there. You know uh, what is NFC South titles? New Orleans, yeah, yeah NFC correct. South titles. Correct. Why does nobody think about the targeting? I mean, that's some serious stuff. Like, I wasn't even going to bring that up. but just me think about it, you know, because I'm, I'm going through, like, oh, yeah, Peyton's a great guy. And so like, wait a second. Like, he had that whole scandal years ago. I think they got docked a, a first-round pick, or he got uh, suspended for a year. I forget what, you know, what all happened with that. But did that just all got you know, kind of get swept under the rug just because he's a phenomenal, you know, coach?
1: hundred percent, dude. Um, love that. Love that point. Okay, here's the thing. I think Sean Payton knew about what was going on. I think Greg Williams was the one that really led that whole. I mean, if you go back in time and if you you know search up the YouTube and come across Greg Williams audio clips, I mean there were brutal, absolute brutal, brutal things being said. Um, I mean that Brett Favre game back in the day, dude. Brett Favre took a beating and they tried to kill him. I'm convinced. Greg, Oof. Greg, Greg Williams was saying that uh, I don't know if this was when he was on the he was definitely coaching in the league. And I don't know if he was with the Saints at the time, but I heard a clip where he was like, just keep going at their head. Keep going at their head. You know, knock them out, knock them out, knock them down. Like basically wow. put somebody in in a concussion type deal. Uh, so, Greg Williams, man, you're a nozzle. You can you can F right off, to be honest with you. I have no respect for that guy whatsoever. He is. That when you're trying to injure people, I I have no I don't care I don't care if the Eagles win and like if they were to injure people and in, intentionally to win, I w- I'm not supporting that, dude. I'm not. That's right. not. It's not the type of person I am. So, my point is, I think Sean Payton knew about it. Now, did Sean Payton initiate all this happening? Maybe I, I I don't know. I'm not in the locker room to, to say that he did or he didn't. But Greg Williams is definitely on the on the shit list. Like he he's. Really, the bad guy in all this, but I, I do think you have a you have a good point. And for most of Sean Payton's career, he had Drew Brees. So, uh, not to take anything away from him, but that's one of the best quarterbacks in in our generation. Agreed. Um, I'm not saying Sean Payton's a scrub, and he, he he is an upper echelon coach. But let's see Sean Payton with uh, like a non Drew Brees to make this. Because I think people claim that he's like the best thing since sliced bread, and I know he's a, he's a good coach, but is he is he absolutely legendary? I I don't know. You know what I mean? He has he has one ring. A lot of guys have one ring. He would definitely yeah. be an upgrade, I think, for for a lot of teams. But it's a good name, and his name gets thrown around a ton. And I know the Jets. Uh, it keeps getting rumored that they'll they'll fire solid and they'll up quote unquote upgrade with Sean Payton. But I mean Salah's done a hell of a job with that defense, so. Maybe if you're the Broncos or somebody that you're kind of in no man's land right now, it wouldn't be a bad hire. But
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's interesting you mentioned the Broncos because he's been linked to them. And the Saints won a first-round draft pick and more. Uh, I did look it up. Uh, 2012, Peyton was suspended for the entire 2012 season. Uh, Gray Williams was indefinitely suspended. He's now a coordinator in the XFL, so good riddance. But <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, I guess that was over a decade ago, a lot of – Current NFL fans were were pretty young. I mean, even like I guess I was like what, 19, 10 years ago? Oh well. Anyway, but um, yeah, it's just kind of like swept under the rug, I guess. If that happened, were to happen now, it's like the guy it would crucify the guy. but anyway, yeah, I I think that you bring up a very valid point about Drew Brees being there, uh Peyton's, you know, coaching tenure. And was it Peyton that resurrected Bree's career or was it a combination of the both? You know, did Breeze make Peyton look good? You know, I, I don't know. I guess the only way to really find out is, like you said, if what can he do with a, a not-so-great quarterback or, or an average guy? Can he elevate the play? Um, this last Monday, the Texans were interviewing him, Broncos on Tuesday, and then the Panthers later this week. I know the Arizona Cardinals are interested as well. So these are all teams willing to give up a first-round draft pick and some just to get – uh, the opportunity for for Peyton to coach, so he definitely has his you know kind of his pick of the litter, as you, as you would say. But we'll see ultimately who he ends with, or if he even ends up with a team at all. I think he probably will based on all the interviews. But it'd be kind of funny if he did like an OBJ type thing, where it's like drama, drama, drama. Oh, here's what I want. Okay, no one signs me now with coaches. <laughs> it's, a, it's coaches. It's a little different than that, but it, it would be it would be hilarious if if nobody got him. That's that's just my take on that. But I'm glad that he wasn't the one who initiated um that bounty gate I I didn't remember all the details because that was 10 years ago and a lot of things have happened since then but yeah just something that came into my mind like wow with all the, the violence and everything going on um just absolutely absolutely nuts that that never gets brought up anymore it seems but speaking of violence we're gonna move on here to to major league baseball for a little bit uh just to throw a few tidbits in here I know that your big sport is baseball you played it growing up and major league baseball we'll do more coverage of that as the season gets closer and then as the season goes goes forward but you just wanted to mention a few big things and uh what's the guy's name trevor bauer
1: i think right trevor bauer yep you got it
0: i know he wanted to be reinstated to play baseball didn't the dodgers sign him or something like that that guy was out of the league for quite some time because of a major domestic uh, domestic violence dispute if i remember correctly right
1: Correct. Yeah, I mean, he was suspended two seasons and then reduced back down to 194 uh with a, an arbitrator uh, 194, kind of,
0: games. Yeah, <laughs> 194 games. <laughs>
1: 194 games. 194 uh, games. not not 194 years or, or whatever, but Or seasons. <laughs> uh, I I'll I'll say this, you know, you guys can do your own research on the, on the you know what happened, but if these allegations are even half true, it's bad. Disgusting. It's it's a bad look. He's a scumbag. I hope it's not true. I it, who knows? That's the that's the problem with these cases is the only people that know what happened are, are the woman and, and Trevor Bauer. So it doesn't look good for the sport. It's not a good image you want to give uh a professional sport or, or you know, whoever signs him. It's another Deshaun Watson type of situation in the fact that it's not gonna be a good look. It's bad marketing, it's bad it's bad PR for the organization. So um it, it's saying something that the Dodgers bought him out for about eighteen million and then Uh, any team can sign him for the league minimum, which I believe is around 700,000 and no one has yet to do that. Uh, I know I was listening to some baseball shows and and such uh, that said uh, numerous GMs, Jeff Passon said this uh, numerous GMs will not go within a hundred feet of this guy uh, just because of what he did, which, uh, you know, you can't, can't not respect that, Uh, but (laughs) he's a hell of a pitcher. Let's, you know, if we're separating the two, he's a great player, but these accusations are gruesome, bro. Absolutely gruesome.
0: And that's where it, you know, comes down to does talent Trump morality. And that's what ultimately came down to with, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson and you know playing for Cleveland type thing. And will a team be willing to pick this guy up? Um, and people could argue with me about Watson all they want. You know, either way, it's a bad look for the teams, bad look for the NFL, bad look for Cleveland. It was hilarious that they sucked with him under center this year. But, <laughs> you know, I'm glad that Major League Baseball isn't going anywhere near him. Uh, when they, you said they bought him out for $18 million. does that mean they paid his salary and then just released him?
1: Yeah, like they, they paid his salary so he can, like, he's off the team and he's free to, you know, if he signs somewhere, like they have no obligation to him at, at all anymore
0: sucks they had to give him that money to begin with but
1: don't you think don't you think when something like this this bad of an incident this bad of a look like they should just be able to cut ties that's it goodbye like they should not have to owe you a penny under certain circumstances like this but
0: yeah and that's where it gets tough because it's like you are innocent until proven guilty and some of these things can take years to figure out some of these things come to a settlement some of you know sometimes the allegations are blown out of proportion. Other times the allegations are actually not as bad as what happened. So that's that's a tough line to walk. You know, where do you put that line of like, okay, if it's this bad, they gotta cut them. Because, you know, people if if that's that line and someone really hates somebody else, all of a sudden they can try to throw an allegation at that spot just for them to lose their job completely. You know what I mean? Like it's stuff like that happens in this world where people are falsely accused out of you know, spite and stuff like that. This is not a false accusation. I, I believe that this was indeed absolutely disgusting, terrible, domestic, violence, sexual assault case with Bauer. But unfortunately there is a lot of spite in this world. And if you put, you know, a level of like, oh, you can cut this guy. And at this point in time, I feel like at some point in time someone's going to bring some false allegations against somebody just to, you know, cause them to lose their job. But yeah, I'm glad the uh, major league baseball teams are, are staying away from him. That's for sure. Do so we got a little bit better news to talk about? Wait, I mean, this guy is uh, we referred to him on the can of corn episode of the baseball show. We referred to him as an asshole, but it all, what goes around comes around with Carrera, man. This, this is absolutely hilarious. Like, all right, I'll let you tell it. So Carrera was a twin originally, right?
1: Yeah. So he, he played all last season with the Minnesota twins. He basically said like, I'm a very high possession. If you want to come get me, you're going to have to pay the money. And, I'm sure a lot of guys feel that way, and they they talk about that type of thing behind closed doors. But for him to come out and say it to the media was just a. I'm not going to lie; it's a D-bag look. Uh, <laughs> there's no way around it. I'm not trying to just throw shade at everybody in this entire episode so far, but it's just like we're we're kind of calling it how we see it today. Um, so then he he goes to the Giants. Everybody's hype in, in San Fran. Uh, they think it's a done deal. They think, oh, Carlos Correa is our shortstop for the for the next you know. I think it was a thirteen-year deal uh, with with the the Giants, uh, pending a physical. So, after like three, four, five days go by, it was just fell apart, man. Like they, he has some type of leg issue. No one really has come out and said exactly what it is, from what from what I've read. But they didn't want to sign him. It was a much
0: too much of a red flag. I think it was right before the introductory press conference they they kept pushing it off like oh we're not going to sign him so then he turns around and signs with the Mets as like a kind of like a screw you you guys are taking too long and then Mets fans go crazy and then well, same thing happens uh, over there in New York right
1: exactly I mean they the, the Mets absolutely gave that guy the bag pending a physical uh I mean <laughs> here I, I got the logistics of the the Giants deal was 13 year 350 mil The Mets came in at 12 mil, 315. So either way, I mean, ridiculous amount of of money for a guy almost 30 years old and and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, at at the end of the day, this whole thing comes full circle. Even uh, Cohen, the owner of the Mets, who absolutely just will spend, he will go from East Coast to West Coast. He'll stay up 24 hours a day. I think this guy will to make sure the Mets are a winner. He wants a world world series that bad. He wants to spend money.
0: Didn't he spend like a billion dollars this off season or something like that? Uh,
1: it's close to that. Yeah. Close that's to nice. that. But like that guy will go to the ends of earth to make this team a winner. And, and for him to back out of the deal, that's, that's saying something. Uh, so then <laughs> it's so corny, man. I gotta, I gotta call it out. I see it. He he comes to the twins. Uh, press conference after signing with them for far less money. I mean, let's just call, <laughs> call it how, how we see it there. And then he's like, he puts on this Twins uniform, which I I think it's slightly different from twenty twenty three. It's uh, just you know that type of deal. He's getting the jersey bat on. It's a whole press conference. He's like, wow, these are these are sharp or these are these are quite. <laughs> nice. And it was like, come on, man! Like, you 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 played this team like a fiddle. You wanted to be out more than more than uh, anybody in that clubhouse, I'm sure cause you thought you were a, a, such a commodity and, and I'm sorry, but like when your physical gets in the way, man, like it is what it is. Like you gotta, you gotta pick up the pieces and keep going. If you're Correa, you just gotta, all right. I, you took it on the chin and you come back and you act like you've always wanted to be there. Like, come on, man, let's, let's not get it twisted. You didn't, you didn't want to be there. They didn't want you. They didn't want to spend the money that the giants or the Mets would have paid. And, and this was kind of your last, situation or or one of the only options left and, and it is what it is, but it's like, man, what a fall from, I'm not going to say a fall from grace, but like, dude, he got half the bag that he was going to get. So (laughs)
0: I feel absolutely no pity for a guy who's still going to make like 200 million dollars over the next I don't know how many years, but it is funny. It is funny. So, we'll see what kind of clubhouse atmosphere they have. Are the uh team, are his teammates going to really be upset with him? Or are, are you know, is he going to fit right back in? Are they going to be cool? I think that'll be an interesting storyline moving forward for for the Twins. Um But yeah, I guess that's enough baseball for now. Not much else interesting happens. Uh, or is happening at the current, at the current time, but we just wanted to throw those things in there, discuss a little bit about the MLB, but I think we're going to wrap up this show here for tonight. Aaron, who are we shouting out?
1: Uh, As always uh, check out 1420. Uh, Hopefully we get on a show with those guys quite soon. Brent and Dave definitely check out their morning show, 1420 in the morning and and the variety of other shows, baseball related, umpiring related, hockey related. They, they kind of do it all. And, uh, you know, if you listen to us, you'll definitely want to listen to them. Um, check out Fan in the Van, uh, as we mentioned before, the uh, Steel Talk, the All Pittsburgh Steelers Show, and you know, if you're an NFL fan, uh, he definitely covers that quite well and and gives some some definitely brutal takes as well. Those guys, and uh, as always, level the playing field. I don't think they post the show since the Chargers collapse. I know the uh, the one gentleman on the show is a is a Chargers fan, so. Uh, thoughts, prayers, et cetera, going to him. Uh, <laughs> hopefully he can bounce back after that. that That's just, I feel bad.
0: Yeah, check us out on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle is at Brutally Honest without the T, Brutally Honest because Twitter won't give us the T. Please feel free to share this with your friends. Give us a rating on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening at. We appreciate all the support. And come check out the, the Friday show. We'll, we'll be previewing the division around games of the NFL.